Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. Them a little bit about what they did over the, the Jet Broncos, uh, what they did over the uh, bye week, how they're getting prepared for Crown Point, what the latest with them is. So we'll talk with Coach Pat Shanley. Uh, we'll also talk with the kids from Purdue Sports. Uh, big weekend here and uh, some cool events that you might not know about on campus to support uh, some of your teams uh, that are going to be free for you as well uh, that uh, you can participate in. So We'll talk with uh, them here in just a little bit. Also, check this out. You know me, man. I uh, I got tickets, right? So, since I wasn't here yesterday, can't give those away, can't give those away. I can give these away, though. So, this Thursday, we got, uh, what's Minnesota, like 16th? In town this Thursday? Volleyball, Holloway Gymnasium, 7 p.m., if you want to go and check out Purdue Volleyball, text RAVEN to 765-447-4080. That number again, 765-447-4080. That's uh, RAVEN to 765-447-4080. And uh, I will get you registered to win these tickets. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. It's Purdue, Minnesota Volleyball Thursday Night Holloway Gymnasium. Just text RAVEN to 765-447-4080, and uh, I will get you your chance to win those tickets. It's that simple. Again, the game's sold out. They're all sold out, man. You only got a couple more chances to uh, go see Purdue Volleyball this season. I I want you to go. So, again, text RAVEN to 765-447-4080, and uh, that is your chance. There's this game against Minnesota. There's Sunday... Uh, next Sunday against Penn State, there's a game against Michigan State left, and then a game against Maryland. So you're running out of chances to win those tickets. Let's go ahead, as long as Kyle has not... I swear, I'm gone for a day, and he has messed everything up around here. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. It's Need to Know News time. Here's your Need to Know News. After posting, speaking of volleyball, after posting back-to-back 3-1 decisions versus Indiana and Penn State, Raven Colvin, your Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, Chloe Shacoin, your Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Surprise, surprise. Uh, They tend to win a decent amount of awards. Colvin received her second Defensive Player of the Week nod after totaling 17 blocks over two matches. The most by a Big Ten player last week. Averaged 2.13 blocks per set along the way. Shacoin 
came off one of her strongest performances of the season, recording a Big Ten season-high 20 kills at 11th-ranked Penn State as the team was led to victory. You'll love to see it. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame is announced that Fletcher Lawyer, one of 20 players named to the Jerry West Award, that's the nation's top shooting guard. The sophomore is one of three Big Ten shooting guards, along with Terrence Shannon and Tyson Walker, to be on the list. It is an absolutely loaded hockey slate tonight. Every NHL team is in action tonight. ESPN's going to do their own version of Red Zone, which is kind of crazy. We'll see how that goes. So that means the Blackhawks are in action tonight. They're going to take on Boston, that at home at 8.30. Trying to stop a two-game losing streak are the Blackhawks. Bad news, though. Taylor Hall is heading to IR with a shoulder injury. Tyler Johnson, Nick Foligno have been on Bedard's line at practice yesterday. More news out of the Michigan scandal here. Connor Stallions has been suspended by Michigan. We know that. But uh, Peter Thamel's got more details on ESPN that the assistant purchased tickets in his own name for more than 30 games over the past three years at 11 different Big Ten schools. And these schools are confirming that he bought tickets and then transferred them to other people. We're going to get into it a little bit more, but we continue to get more and more details. It's getting ugly. It's getting very ugly in this. But to be honest with you, I just don't know that the hammer's going to fall on him. I just don't. But that is the latest here. The NCAA says they'll be presenting evidence. That they have this evidence of people filming. That Stallings buys these tickets in the same locations. Twitter's already all over it. You should see some of the pictures and video Twitter's already got. I mean, you can see his little placards explaining what the calls are. It's crazy. There you go. That is today's Need to Know News for this Tuesday, October the 24th. Very excited that uh, we get to go back to it here. Over there with our friends at DraftKings. We're trying to find some good boosts and stuff tonight for you here. we got a full slate of NHL. Uh, we've got the NBA back tonight, although your Bulls and Pacers don't play till tomorrow. But we're looking to take advantage of some stuff here. Um, you know, everybody's kind of got their own boosts and stuff like that tonight. Um, I will tell you that uh, over on DraftKings, they've got uh, a bonus bet for you. Uh, also, Luka and LeBron to score 20 points each tonight, boy, uh, boosted to plus 100. No sweat, same game parlay, same game parlay X for you today. 33% live boost if you're up late for that Suns and Warriors. Tonight, look, uh, everybody's starting to get on this uh, Devin Booker. Over threes made. It's set at one and a half. He averaged over two uh, on six attempts per game 
during the pre, uh, last year, okay? So he's hitting like two and a quarter game, six attempts. But in the preseason, he played three games, and he's shooting a whole lot more. 45% of his shot profile in the preseason was from behind the arc. They're trying to get more threes, and they want him to take the shots. So this is a ladder play for you tonight. You can get him at one and a half. You can get him at two, three. Build that ladder tonight. Devin Booker, that's what we like in the NBA tonight. Over the NHL, so many good spots tonight in the NHL. Oh, I love it. Philip Forsberg, I'm going to go back to this well for Nashville. He's set it over three and a half. He's hit that five of six, three straight games. Vancouver gives up the third most shots on goal. He's averaging 9.3 shot attempts per game. We just got to get four on goal. I like that. Jack Hughes. New Jersey Devils also has got to get to four tonight on his over-under. He's hitting four of four so far this year. He's averaging five and a half shots on goal, 11 shot attempts per game, and Montreal gives up the fourth most shots in the NHL this season. Two spots that I absolutely love. You want to go bigger? Add a third guy. Kyle Connor for the Winnipeg Jets. He's also got to get the four which makes me a little bit nervous. However, he's averaging like eight shots attempts a game, and St. Louis is dead last defending left wingers. So those are the, the, I mean, it's Forsberg and Hughes that I absolutely love. But you can probably go ahead and sneak in Connor if you like there. I'm probably not going to do that. I will keep it simple. Sunday was kind of brutal, so I'm going to keep it a little bit simple here early in the week. Two spots that I absolutely love. Philip Forsberg over, Jack Hughes over. That's how we're rolling tonight, that. And then uh, Devin Booker. Hitting that over on the threes. Shop around for that Booker line. Because I've seen a lot of variance in it. And I want you to not leave money on the table. I've definitely seen some spots where you can do that. So make sure you shop around a little bit on that line. Again, take advantage of all those boosts that you know DraftKings has got for you. They've got so much. If you want to go, again, the NBA free bet, LeBron and Joker boost, I'll probably be going, taking a little bit on. There's the no sweat tonight. There's a 25% MLB boost for you tonight. NHL, same game parlay, same game parlay X, up to 100%. I mean, they just got a bunch of it. I love it when they let you choose what you want to do. That's the best part about it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos, he's going to join us next. Stick around for that. 
And then all the latest on the Michigan drama. I'll tell you about that when we come back. This is the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're over to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in our uh, buddy Pat Shanley. He is the head coach of the Jeff Broncos, uh, ready to go out there and test their medal against uh, an undefeated Crown Point team in the uh, sectional semifinals this week. Coach, great to have you back here. Um, you know, you guys, of course, uh, much like Harrison and uh, McCutcheon, you have the bye week last week. How was that bye week for you guys, and uh, what did you guys do to get better over that bye week? Yeah, we kind of stuck to the same blueprint uh, that we had in previous years where we uh, prioritize the routine of, you know, as, as if we are in school. So we get our our guys out of bed in the morning. Uh, Coach Dunkel works them out, um, and then our mom squad feeds them uh, right after that, and, and then uh, we come back up here for practice. Uh, at a time that we normally would, again, as if school's in session. So guys did a great job with it, our, our parents and, uh, you know, teammates, and everybody stepped up to ensure everybody was there uh, for everything. So it was, it was a really good week for everybody. And it's building that momentum, too, that you uh, have coming off at that game at Kokomo, 34-21, to 21, that, you know, nice little shot in the arm right before uh, you guys uh, head into that bye week. That's actually kind of go back to Kokomo a little bit um, and uh, how you felt your guys uh, really performed and, just uh, you know, just to have that win against a quality opponent like the Wildcats right before the sectional. I mean, how important is that for your program in preparation for sectionals? Yeah, I mean, it was real important because Kokomo's a really good team. Um, so you know, like like the year before, we we kind of approached it as, hey, this is a playoff caliber opponent. Uh, you know, if we want to advance deep in the in the six A playoffs, we're going to have to beat teams of this caliber. So our, our kids. You know, really had a great week of preparation for Kokomo. In fact, our, our D coordinator Scott Cronk stated that uh, it was one of the better scout looks that that uh, that we've had since he's been here, uh, dating back to 2015. So, you know, our our guys, you know, top to bottom within our program, uh, you know, whatever their role is, they, they've been really dialed into it the last several weeks. So, um, it was good to see you know us beat a good team, and and, and as I stated uh, to you a couple weeks ago, you know, we we hadn't beat teams that. Um, People didn't expect us to beat, you know, this season, uh, and, and we were hoping to get one uh, against Cats. So, you know, I was proud. We had a lot of adversity going to that game. We had a bus running late. We, we had about 30 kids that didn't arrive until about 30 minutes before kickoff. Um, obviously, you know, there were a lot of question marks with the weather, and then that type of weather, uh, you know, tends to favor uh, an offense like Kokomo. But, um, you know, to our kids' credit, you know, they stood tall in the face of adversity and, and really came out and performed well and played good, physical, sound football. Yeah, Tristan Bear kind of put that narrative to rest with five touchdowns in that weather as well there, too. I mean, to have a freshman go out, have the adversity, and then do that in the weather against a, a good Kokomo team, I that kid has just grown up right before our eyes. He's been fantastic down the stretch. Yeah, again, you know, stated it to you before, he, he's a coach's kid, and he's kind of came up and been a ball boy within our program, uh, you know, for several years uh, before he, you know, even got into middle school. Uh, so he's been around our program a really long time. Um, knock on wood, no, nothing's been too big for him uh, up until this point. Uh, kind of has no fear and, you know, just comes in and, and, and gets better each practice and is super, super coachable and just uh, he has kind of, you know, some moxie to him. He's got some confidence, a quiet confidence to him. And, uh, you know, what he did really well in that game, Jared, is, is he took care of the football. Um, there were snaps that were mishandled and he didn't try to do too much with it, you know, especially late in that game when the rain was really coming down, uh, really hard to handle that ball. 
a couple instances where, you know, I think some young guys might try to pick it up and, and, and get crazy. Uh, he just fell on it and, and prioritized the ball. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, in, in many respects was, was the difference in the game. Talking with Coach Pat Shanley here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Let's talk about the Crown Point Bulldogs here. They come into this one 9-0. and And, uh, you know, the offense very good, 37 points a game. But, boy, uh, they've been so good defensively uh, this season where, you know, they gave up two scores to Valparaiso or two touchdowns to Valparaiso. I, that's the most they've let through, 14 points. I mean, what is it about the Bulldogs defensively that makes them so good and such a challenge? Well, they, they play in a really tough conference uh, where they've seen everything uh, that you can imagine, every offense imaginable, really, really good players that they've seen. Um, so, you know, again, it, nothing. there's nothing that we're going to do um, from a schematic standpoint, from a formation standpoint that they haven't seen. They're really senior heavy uh, on defense. Um, they're really, really well coached. Coach Bezea, that their head coach, is a Hall of Famer. He's got several uh, former head coaches that are on his staff. So they're, they're really, really well coached and, and – uh, you know, they, they, they play exceptionally, exceptionally hard in, in all three phases, but, but especially on defense. And then offensively, you know, 37 points, is uh, that's, uh, that's something there. How are they able to do that? Who concerns you the most there? What do you have to shut down when it comes to the Bulldogs offensively? Well, their offensive line is big, and, and they move exceptionally well. Uh, they, they play in really tight splits, not quite as tight as Kokomo, but not far off. But, uh, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we hold up well against the run. They like to get their tail back the ball. Um, it, you know, what little film we have on him, uh, it, it does seem like he's kind of the, the focal point of their offense. And then number 11, their, their wide receiver is kind of their big play guy and another another guy that they're trying to get the ball to. they got a couple other slots that are really quick uh, that they like to do a lot of different things with. And, and uh, you know, kind of the you know the guy who, who steers it all is their quarterback, uh, the Elric kid, number six, who, who's a Division One kid, has several MAC offers as well. So they, they throw a lot of things at you, uh, very similar to what they did last year from a formation standpoint personnel grouping standpoint um, there's a lot of things to prepare for uh, because of, of just the multitude of, of things that they're throwing at uh, every defense you know, do they remind you of anybody that you've already had on the schedule this year um yeah you know I, that's hard to say um you know it, it's they're, they're really unique in a, in a lot of things that they do um from a formation standpoint i think there's bits and pieces that uh draw comparisons to different teams uh, but uh you know, we, we, we play a lot of teams that are really well coached, and, and this team's very similar in that respect. Now, you went up there last year. You were able to to take that sectional title. Uh, have you talked to your kids about that? Like, listen, uh, we went up there. We did it once. We can go up there and uh, and do it again? Sure, yeah. You know, there wasn't anybody outside of our program last year that believed that we were going to win that game. You know, so, so you know, it's a similar. I'd say it's very similar this year in that, in that respect is that, uh, you know, a lot of people are expecting us to go up there and just roll over and, and take our butt kicking and come back down 65 and, and pack it in on Monday morning. But that's not our mindset. Our kids are, you know, they're, they're excited for the opportunity and, and uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of pressure on us. You know, we're, we're going to go up there with every intent to, to play good football and play physical football and let the chips fall as they may. Tell you what, I'm not counting out the Broncos. They're up there in Section 1 at Crown Point, 7.30 on Friday night as uh, they take on the undefeated Bulldogs in a Chance to claim yet another sectional title. Coach Pat Shanley, buddy, it's always a pleasure talking football with you. Best of luck Friday night. Go out there, get that W. Hey, thanks a lot, Jared. Appreciate all you do for us. Uh, each- 
Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom Got the gang from Purdue Sports on with us here to talk about another big weekend uh, of uh, athletics that uh, you can still get out and enjoy over on campus. Guys, great to have you as always. Everything uh, starts out on Thursday. Volleyball is going to be welcoming in a ranked Minnesota team. And uh, unfortunately, those volleyball matchups are sold out, aren't they? Yeah, it is sold out. Um, you can still watch the game on Big Ten Network. Um, the match does start at 7 p.m. in Holloway, so it should be a fun one against Minnesota. Don't forget, if you want to win tickets to that show, text me Raven to 765-447-4080, and uh, that gets you your chance to win those volleyball tickets. All right, that'll bring us into the weekend, guys. Uh, I know that uh, football's going to be on the road at Nebraska, but uh, there is something going on in Holloway on Saturday night. Uh, we got wrestling back. Look at this. Tell me about WrestleHuffs. Yeah, we got wrestling back. That's right. Um, their annual WrestleHuffs are taking place inside Holloway at 7 p.m., um, and that is free to the public. So if you're getting excited for wrestling season, come on out. Um, you'll get a chance to see um, a lot of the team compete. I absolutely love Coach Ursuline. That dude is amazing. This team keeps on getting better and better. Get out there and see uh, Matt Ramos, man. Uh, folks love him. And you get a chance at uh, WrestleOffs here on Saturday. Again, what time is that and what time do doors open? Uh, doors open at 6. The event starts at 7 p.m. and it is free for all fans. All right, so get out there. Enjoy wrestling. That is Saturday. Uh, and then on Sunday, oh my, we got to get in Mackey Arena. I can't believe it. we got basketball in Mackey Arena. Coach KG and company, all the sisters are going to be there. Uh, it's because uh, what we have like three pairs of sisters on women's basketball this year. It's insane. Uh, but yes, they're going to do their first exhibition game on Sunday. Tell me about that. Yeah, like you said, on Sunday, women's basketball is back in Mackey. So start of season, um, they kick it off against Quincy at 2 p.m. on that Sunday. It is our exhibition. It is a BKC Sunday, which fun thing for our Boilermaker Kids Club members. They get to essentially get into our game free when they wear their membership shirt and or badge. Um, please note that parents do have to purchase a ticket, so just keep that in mind when you're joining us on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, excited to get back into the swing of things with basketball. Uh, I love that. I'll tell you what, the uh, the fan day over the weekend saw a bunch of pictures of people uh, waiting in line for women's basketball pictures of kids just having a great time. And uh, this is going to be a special women's basketball team. I'm very excited for that. And then um, I know it's October. What we, We're going to talk a little baseball. We, we got baseball going on here? Yeah, we sure do. The annual Halloween bash is going to be back in Alexander Field on Monday, October 30th. It's going to start at 6 p.m. Um, the team will kind of play a little bit of baseball, dressed up in costumes. And then once that's over, um, you know, there will be trick-or-treating and some other fun Halloween activities going on around Alexander. So, um, it's going to be a fun event, so we encourage everybody to come dressed up. It's free for everybody. Uh, it should be a good time. What are the over-under on uh, baseball players dressed up as uh, Ken this year? What do you guys got? Four or five? Uh, I know those details. I can't spoil the odds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Volleyball Thursday night sold out. Don't forget, you can text Raven in the 765-447-4080 to win your way into that game on Thursday night. Wrestle-offs on Saturday evening. Women's basketball Sunday in Mac Arena, and then the baseball bash on Monday. Guys, it's always a pleasure. We'll talk with you again next Tuesday. Boiler up. Boiler up. Always great stuff hearing from those guys. A lot of great events, including wrestle-offs, and then that uh, baseball bash on Monday sounds like a whole lot of fun. All right, so the uh, big article kind of came out yesterday. We had more details into what's going on in this whole Michigan fiasco. So, I'm assuming you, you have somewhat caught up. If you have not, last week we talked about ESPN breaking a story about an elaborate scouting system 
Um, Yahoo Sports had originally, I guess, uh, broke this thing. But an assistant from Michigan had been stealing signs uh, by going to these other games. And, you know, that that's how they were doing it. Now we got a little more detail into it and in that it was maybe there was electronic use of doing this. They were recording signs from other from other teams. Now ESPN, Pete Thamel's got a more here that absolutely that was what was going on. Sources added that uh, this assistant here, Stallions, had bought tickets and forwarded them to several individuals and that these were the people that were going and recording uh, allegedly these signals. That Stallings may have also bought these with his own credit card, that there may be a paper trail as well of him uh, forwarding funds to these folks to help you know, facilitate this stuff. Schools are able to track his purchases, even though that he did this through StubHub or SeatGeek or things like that. They're still able to track these tickets. One source told ESPN that he bought tickets to five different games at that school over the last three years. Another school said four games over the last two years. A third source says it was nine games over the past three years. Some purchases were single tickets, other were for multiple people. Sometimes seats were bought on both sides of the stadium. So what they're alleging here is this assistant bought the tickets, sent whomever to record these sidelines, and then presumably he would take those videos and try to decipher then what the hand signals meant so that he on the sideline um, could then advise quickly to defensive, you know, coaches and coordinators what was happening. Twitter got into this. I've seen pictures of the, uh, you know, his little call sheet cards that he's had on him, and it clearly looks like silhouettes of what the signals are with notes. Twitter's come with a lot of videos and stuff too. To me, and again, let's wait. I'll wait and see until everything comes out. But right now, does not look good that this actually did take place. So if we're going to get to the spot where, yeah, no, he obviously paid for people to go and do this, to record those signals so that he could then decipher them and translate them. This seems to almost be unquestionable that that happened the next questions become this one who's funding this because the staffer that makes $55,000 a year may not be the one although I'm told his family makes a lot of money but whose money is behind it two which uh, which or how many of the coaches knew about it and it's a little bit hard for you to convince me that Jim Harbaugh has absolutely no no knowledge of this. That this is a complete lone wolf operation. And he has no idea what an assistant on the sideline is doing. That's a hard sell for me. 
And then next, you know, what should be the appropriate reaction for this? What is the appropriate punishment? You know, to put it in perspective, what are the rules here? Well, the NCAA, a while back, decided that it was going to be uh, illegal for you to be able to send coaches, personnel, to opposing stadiums ahead of time to scout. And the reasoning behind that was that it created a competitive imbalance because not everybody had the money to send personnel out to scout in person. So they said, yeah, we're not going to do this. Now, in that regards, perhaps this is a little bit of a loophole, depending on who the people are that actually want to do this. I have seen screenshots of Venmo payments that look like they go to somebody that might be an intern or some kind of staffer at UM. Again, that's all alleged. But there is another bylaw in here. It's Article 11, Subsection H of the NCAA Football Rulebook. That says, any attempt to record either through audio or video means any signals given by an opposing player coach or other team personnel is prohibited. I have no problem in-game You were looking at the sideline trying to pick up on some kind of hand signal. You are more than welcome to do that. Now, if you have folks going out in advance, recording games, and opponent sidelines, yeah, no, that's that's a clear violation of what that rule is. Clearly. If he was some kind of super genius that could show up to the game, sit on the sideline, uh, beforehand and figure it out and then go tell you, yeah, sure. But when you are now recording and you are using that and pro, that is the very essence of the rule. There's, there's no loophole here, as I've seen suggested by some Michigan fans. I'm not saying it's the whole base. But you very much have to admit that to go and record these things in advance to decipher what it's going to be um, is in violation of the rule. It's in violation of the spirit here. I Don't give me Dion going, eh, you know, you still got to stop it. Hell, if I know a screen pass is coming, I got a whole lot better chance of stopping it. If I know you're all of a sudden going to run four verticals, I got a much better chance of stopping it. If I know this is an audible on, on a jet sweep, then... Yeah, I know which way to flood my attack. I'm much better chance of stopping it when you know what's coming. Yeah, I think about like you know Christian McCaffrey running the football. Right? Is it tough to stop Christian McCaffrey for a lot of teams? Yes. But if I took those same teams that struggled. And I told him which gap he was going to go, or at least which side of the line he was going to go to. If I if I could do that ahead of the play, wouldn't they have a much better chance of stopping him? Absolutely. So the question again: Who funded all this? Where's all that money coming from? Did the assistants know? Does your defensive coordinator know? Does Jim Harbaugh know? 
I'm telling you right now, they will do everything they can to protect Jim in this aspect. And to be honest, I wonder if this would have been a public investigation if he had not snubbed his nose at them at the beginning of the season over that four-game suspension. I think if he just would have taken his medicine on the four-game suspension, that this issue would have come up, and the NCAA would have kept it private. But I think because he decided he was going to go back on whatever his agreement was and do what he wanted to do, that they said, all right, that's fine. We're going to make this a bigger deal. I am a little shocked the NCAA actually does have video footage too, or at least they claim to. We'll wait and see it. I do not know what an appropriate punishment here should be. I'm sure some stuff's going to get vacated. No, they're not going to make Purdue Big Ten champions. But this is the NCAA, and I saw what just happened with Kansas basketball. If you're looking for justice, you have come to the wrong place. So just prepare yourself for that. This uh, this assistant's going to get let go. Maybe there'll be a game or two suspension for some other coaches. We'll see. But I, I honestly do not expect um, the NCAA to come down with the hammer here. They're just they're not going to. It's not going to happen. I'd be shocked. I mean, what in the past leads you to believe that they are willing to drop the hammer on this? Even when they have dropped the hammer on programs before, like Penn State, and they walked it back a couple years later. So we'll see. I don't have any problem with you trying to steal signs while you're in game. But you kind of have to draw a line at, hey, we're paying people to go to games, sit in the stands, and record opposing sidelines for the entire game. So then that way we know going in exactly what's happening. It's clear. It's not clear as day right in there in the bylaws that you're not allowed to do it. So we'll see what happens. But it's not looking good for Michigan football right now. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll wrap it up when we come back with things we may have missed in war here on the Hammer Down Show in 1017 The Hammer, 1017. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. A last chance for you to win Purdue volleyball tickets for Minnesota Thursday night. Uh, text Raven to 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Text me Raven. That's the keyword, and uh, I'll draw the winner here at the end of the show. All right, time for some of the things that we may have missed. I wasn't here yesterday, but uh, I would like to reiterate this. Uh, not that anybody else uh, hasn't uh, figured it out by now, but Josh McDaniel should have been left in a construction zone uh, on the highway on the way back to O'Hare Airport uh, on Sunday for not starting Aiden O'Connell over Brian Hoyer. My goodness, of all the bonehead decisions that you could make, uh, not letting your rookie quarterback 
cut his teeth against one of the worst performing secondaries in the NFL? That's got to be up there. The guy doesn't want to win. If you're a Colts fan right now, I mean, geez, are you still letting out a sigh of relief? This guy never took over your franchise? Oh, he looks lost. He has no idea what he's doing. He's got two fantastic wideouts, Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. Uh, he's got, uh, what, the, the reigning rushing champ can't get anything going. It's supposed to be his thing was offense, right? Oh, get him out of there. Not played. Ain't no Connell. You're ridiculous. Uh, also, uh, when I pass away, if I get five questions with uh, with God, I'm definitely blowing one here on what did Purdue ever do to Colin Cowherd? Uh, I saw a clip today on my social media. Here he is. Quote, if Purdue was doing this, nobody would care. If you didn't know a rule existed before this story, you can't be outraged by it. Okay, a couple of things. One, we may not have known what the exact rule was, but I all think we know that sending people to record your opponent's signals at other games ahead of your matchups is not per- permitted. Second off, my point here is, this dude has fired shots at Purdue over the decades for all kinds of random reasons. If he wants to take a shot at what he perceives to be a bottom-tier school, he always names drops Purdue. Dude, what did Purdue ever do to you? Now, his inaccuracies and stupidity aside, I wish I could just, I would just like to know. Why is it always Purdue? That's got to be your uh your you know your horse to your, your horse to beat. I don't get it. It seems very random. You went to Eastern Washington, right? What what did Purdue do to you, man? Leave Purdue alone. Go be wildly inaccurate and not research anything, and leave Purdue alone like you always do. Uh, and then finally, I know people have been talking about it over the weekend, but I didn't have a chance yesterday to bring it up. Uh, you know, Indiana's. Basketballs, Mackenzie Mako uh, gets arrested in that talk about driving. I know some fans were quick to to run to social media and, and have jokes about it. Um, some fans felt justified in doing so because you know some Indiana fans would you know, bring up issues with Mason Gillis. It's a similar kind of what happened to Travian Williams. Remember the French fry thing at the McDonald's? But to me, those IU fans that you don't like should not influence you kind of running down a kid who it's a dumb mistake he should know better I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to come with the jokes and the and that stuff over an 18 year old kid we all make a lot of mistakes I, there needs to be a little bit more I'm, I'm not justifying anything that he did. And I'm certainly not justifying the way that Indiana fans are reacting to what he did by like spamming the Taco Bell and getting all getting mad. I mean, he should be held accountable for making the mistake. The thing is, though, us on the internet, it's not should be who's holding him accountable in these scenarios. It's just not. The school should, the team should. Obviously, the Bloomington police have. 
and you should move on from it. But I hate getting into these things with other fans about this kind of stuff. I just, I, I, I think it's lowbrow. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the Hammer Down Show. I'll see you guys back here again tomorrow, 3 o'clock.